This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I'm getting ready to just talk to you briefly and then we're going to move to the table of the Lord. This morning I want to really trigger this thought in your mind and level it into your spirit. Pay attention that you are exempt. Exempt by blood. Exempt by blood. You need to catch this revelation this morning. You are exempt by blood. I want to open your eye of the spirit to see that you are truly, truly exempt by blood. That means you have divine immunity in spiritual things. That's why it says no weapon. No, it didn't say some. If you read it carefully, it says no weapon formed against you. We've been talking about spiritual realms and spiritual intelligence. I want you to have an innate confidence that no weapon formed against you. In history, we see Joseph bringing 70 of his people from the land and bringing them to Egypt. And when Egypt goes through 10 plagues, Israel, which is in part of, of, of Egypt, which is called Goshen, they have immunity. When there's darkness, they have light. When there's frogs visiting, when the water is being troubled, these people are exempt because they are God's people. I'm going to show you the exemption this morning, the mystery of an exemption. Are we together this morning? Go ahead and take your seats. Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Pay attention. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. The Bible is full of mysteries. Spiritual realms and patterns work on mysteries. That's why you cannot function. You can come to Jesus You can be saved under a salvation plan, but that's not where God wants you to be. In the milk of knowledge, no sir. I said last week, many people when they go shopping, there's three places in a a supermarket that you can shop for. It depends on your appetite and it depends on your food lifestyle. Some of you only shop in junk foods. You only eat chips, chocolates. You you know those aisles very well. Some of you are in milk. And some of you know where it is to get good meat and vegetables. The Bible has a similar kind of eating pattern. You can enter into God and you can enter into the milk of the word. But God doesn't want you to stay in in basics. The church got so used to feeding people junk food and sugars. Pre-COVID, 
we were so full of sugar, sugar-coated. But we need to move past that. As we grow, as we mature, we must move into the strong things. Because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent must take it by force. You have been through too much. You have been to too great an attack to be equipped in too small weapons. You need to fill your arsenal, your artillery with stronger weapons. Are we together this morning? And so Paul says, behold, I show you a mystery. So Christian growth requires that you, somebody say me, go beyond Bible stories and beyond reading parables. You say, but pastor, Jesus spoke in parables. The reason why Jesus taught in parables was not to explain spiritual truths to the crowds, but to keep spiritual truths away from that very crowd. Because inside a crowd, a crowd even here, you got all people that are not only interested in the word, they're looking also to crucify you through the word. You have critics, you had Pharisees in that time, and they attended that meeting so that they can pull him down and the end result will be to crucify him. I pray that you will move away from the parables and that you will be able to see the deeper truth. It's called the mystery. Somebody say mysteries. Jesus himself backed it up in Matthew 13 verse 12. He said, because it has been given to you to know the what? The what? Are you in the building this morning to know the what? To know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, he says, to the crowds, to the Pharisees who look to critique, it has not been given the mysteries. So he spoke in parables. Are we together? The Holy Spirit must give you revelation when you come to church this in, 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 the, in the future. You must come and say, God, I know the man will speak, but you need to speak to me. My prayer is in 2023, this church will be a spiritual powerhouse that one man will speak, but 500 men will listen. Somewhere between leaving my mouth and reaching the earlobes of your ears, the Holy Spirit will arrest that word and convert it uh, from a general word to a specific word. When you sit in church, uh, you need to come and say, God, speak to me. This morning I'm going, you need to speak to my situation. You need to speak to my condition. When I pray, God, you need to come as a hammerhead will fall on something. You're going to have to break it. If you're sitting for 20 years with the same yoke, then he's not the yoke destroyer, is he? We need to see results. I'm praying this morning, God, you said that I should preach the word and that signs will follow. Signs must follow the word. Signs and wonders must follow the preaching of the word. Are we together this morning? And so, those of you that are way down low, that song says, how low can you go? Can you go down low? And God said to Moses, 
And to the 70 elders, he said, come on up, Aya, where I can see you. And these elders in Genesis chapter 24, verse 10, they went halfway. And they thought that that was all the way. I'm talking to some people in this church. You've made some attempts to go up the mountain. And you think uh, whatever you see that you've reached the pinnacle, the zenith of the mountain. Uh, but you've only come halfway. I want you this morning to realize that God is saying, come on up uh, higher. Somebody say higher. There's a song that said higher, higher. Higher, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift Jesus higher, 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 lift Jesus higher. I was reading and I still need to study it. When God gives directions, He speaks about the West, East and South. But He never speaks about North. He always says, come up. Higher to the place of ascent. Song of Solomon's, if you study the book, it doesn't say come on up north. It says come on up higher. The 70 elders, you can imagine, they go with an anointing. And they reach a place where they look up. And they see lapis lazuli. It's in your Bible. Lapis lazuli. To me, when I saw this word, I thought first about the fragrance. Lapidus. Read it, study it. You'll find mysteries in the Bible. It comes and they look up and they see lapis lazuli, which means a stone that's shining with blue. Blue is my color. And this blue is a deep blue. And they see feet, the feet of God resting there. But God says to Moses, Moses, leave them there, but you come up higher. I'm not sure who I'm talking to this morning, but in your life, in your walk, in your journey with God, you've reached a midpoint. You thought it's your high point, but it's not that. God wants you to come up higher. Stop being bedazzled, bewitched by lapis lazuli. By what you've seen and thinking that you have all the glory. You have just started the ascent to where God wants to take you, there's more. To where God wants to meet you, there's more. To where God wants to give you, there's more. Some of you think that you've arrived with God. But God is saying, come on up higher. Meet me face to face. Are we talking to somebody this morning? And so I want to bring to you this morning that there is... A mystery of exemption. I want to place you inside of the page of the mystery of exemption. What is the mystery of exemption? There is a mystery that exempts you and I from certain perils. There is a Goshen that we should live in. In Genesis chapter 41, you'll read that Joseph is going to encounter a famine. And God tells Pharaoh that there's coming a famine through a dream. Moses interprets the dream and then he starts to make preparation for that famine. And in the preparation, he starts to save in the seven years for, of good. He saves for the seven years of famine. 
And by doing the saving, when the famine really comes, he has. He is exempt from food shortage because God alerted him. There are some perils like a flood. You can never avert it. God tells Noah in Genesis chapter 4 that there's a flood coming. And I want you to build an ark. And through obedience, Noah builds an ark. And the flood does come and wipes out. But Noah, after 40 days, him and his family are exempt. I'm trying to show you that there are some things that you cannot prevent. But God can exempt you from its destruction. Am I talking to somebody this morning? In Exodus chapter 12, and because the blood is here, and, and I want to pay attention because this is very important, the blood of Jesus. Exodus 12 verse 23, lean in. It speaks about there's a devouring spirit. Just to teach you <coughs> that nowhere is it called the angel of death. It's a devourer. It's a devouring spirit. There are devouring spirits that may not kill you, but devour from you. Devour your time, devour your marriage, devour your job. It's a devouring spirit. I'm going to teach you this morning that it also has eyes. It will see. It looks to you. It looks to Jethro and sees where it can, where's the gate so that it can come and devour your children, your marriage, your money, your bread, your water, your city. It's a devouring spirit. So it says, when he sees, that means the spirit has those eyes. Somebody say, I'm covered now. Are you really covered? You need to have a covering. You need to have a covering. You need to be covered by the blood. You must have a covering. You know, when we were in the Pentecostal church, they used to sing, No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm. No harm, no harm, no harm. No harm, no harm, no harm. And the devil can do me no harm. How come? I'm gonna hide right under the blood. Gonna hide right under the blood. Gonna hide right under the blood. And the devil can do me no harm. Spirit rides on the wings of sound. Those are old songs. You may have sung it, but it protected you. I want you to know that. They were early morning songs that you sing in your shower. Before you go to work, it was a, a singing prayer. I'm not sure whether the younger people understand, but it protected us. 
I'm gonna hide right under the blood. Gonna hide right under the blood. Gonna hide right under the blood. And the devil can do me no harm. It says, the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses or to strike you. In simple terms, it's saying you will be exempt. <laughs> when this death comes towards you, you will be exempt. I'm not sure who I'm trying to, to get to this morning that you are under attack, but you are also under the blood. You are under attack, but you also should be exempt. I'm trying to get this revelation and get this mystery to you. If you didn't get it and you're under attack and you're trusting on a parable, a fable, and a story, it's not going to work. But you need to have the mystery of exemption are we together this morning and so when this thing sees you when this spirit wants to bring adversity to you disease to you you need to tell it that i am under the blood the blood should be the mystery of exemption to you now christ's blood is exempting you it's this is not human blood This is supernatural blood. Just 101 of, of Christianity. Through, through Mary, her body was used. But the conception was through the Holy Spirit. There was no father's blood. And so this is not human blood. This is blood that comes supernaturally from the Father of heavens. Alright? Now, let me say this to you. When an innocent man's blood cries out to God for a result, then the heavens, the realms of the heavens have to, have to intercept. Cain killed Abel. I want to take you back this morning just to the, the process of Cain killing Abel. Now, in South Africa, you are so used to hearing about murder. But in this book of Genesis chapter 4, I think it is, it's the first murder. Can you imagine when Cain killed his brother? Number one, when you, if, if you die naturally, the chances of blood being around is very, very uh, minimal. We have nurses and doctors. When people just die, if, if they just pass on, you don't normally see blood, do you? No. But if they are murdered, you are killed, you are crucified, the blood is spilled. Are we, uh, am, am I right? And so the blood was spilled. What you're going to drink is not blood that uh, a person died for. It was a blood that was killed for. I'm trying to show you that in Cain's situation, when Cain killed Abel, the Bible says Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. The rule, the, uh, the heavenly rule is that you cannot kill an innocent man and his blood not cry out for vengeance. 
If an innocent man dies, then that blood is calling to the realms of, that's why it says, uh, a man should not kill another man. And, and if he does, the penalty is eye for an eye. That means, ultimately, if, 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 if I kill you, then there should be a death sentence on me. Eye for an eye. Life for life. Uh, because blood always cries out until an answer is given. Are we together this morning? Are we together this morning? So, Abel's blood cries out for vengeance. But when they killed Jesus, his blood hits the ground. But he didn't cry for vengeance. He said, Father, forgive them. That's why in Hebrews it says, Abel's blood cries out, but the blood of Jesus cries out better things. Better things. Cries out for forgiveness. Are we together this morning? And so, by one man's sin, by the sin of Adam, all men sinned. One man's guilt made everybody guilty. But one man's guiltless made every, or one man's guilty made everybody, or one man's guiltless, <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I right? It was just for the, it was just for the guiltless to become guilty. That means all of us became guilty. We were guiltless, but we became guilty by one man's sin, which was Adam. Then it is just for the guilty to become guiltless by one man's blood. I think this is very important because some of you say, so if Adam sinned, how come I sinned? Because of one man's sin. We all became guilty. But because of one man's death, we all became guiltless. It balances itself in the spiritual realm. Are we together? I'm trying to show you how powerful communion is. I'm trying to show you that the devil has a right to attack you. But by the blood of Jesus, you now become exempt. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I'm, I'm teaching. Uh, I'm... I'm I'm plowing through some hard ground here, Louis. <laughs> Watch this. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. You are going to... The, the, the enemy is saying, you need to pay the price. But I'm saying, the price is already paid. He said, you need to pay the price. I'm saying, no, the, He's always saying, you need to pay the It's paid. Actually, it's paid so much so that it's, it's overpaid. You took too much for too little. You mean my, my sin? I didn't even sin. It goes back to my great, great grandfather. But he came and he paid the price. I'm exempt. 
Are we together this morning? You are exempt. So when you invoke the blood of Jesus, you remove yourself from that position and replace yourself with Jesus. Let me say this. You end demonic activities in your family line and destroy platforms that legitimizes their activities. Some things your grandfathers did, they were careless about it. But now through the blood of Jesus, it can't visit you because you should be exempt. You should be exempt. Will you stand this morning? I'm done. Let's get ready for communion. Listen to me. You'll receive the blood and you'll, you'll hold it in your hands. I want to teach a little bit about this, the blood. Uh, I don't know whether you follow American uh, history or American stories, but whenever they come to a court uh, and they want to get away from something, they always say, I invoke my Fifth Amendment or I invoke the Second Amendment. I was studying it. There are certain amendments that protect you. There are certain amendments written in the Constitution. That means you cannot make that person speak beyond his, his will. Uh, he, can, he has a right to remain silent. Are we together? Just get it. You can't lose me now. So when the accusation comes to you, you can say to the judge, I invoked my fifth amendment or I invoked the second amendment or whichever amendment that you want to. If you, if you, if you bear in arms, if you carry in a gun, uh, the second amendment in America protects you to carry the firearm. So, so when they want to charge you, you say, I invoke. You say, where are you going with this pastor? I'm saying when the devil comes against you and feels that it has a right to judge you, you can invoke the blood of Jesus. You invoke the power that's in the blood of Jesus. I want to also tell you this morning that there is a, a, a scripture that says this. Um, Proverbs 26, 2. So the curse causeless shall not come to you. You know the enemy just wants to attack anything. And sometimes they, it has no legal platform to come to you. There is no altar and there is no covenant sponsoring the attack on you. It's a curse causeless. That's what Proverbs says. You, if you were natural, you'll say to me, why are you attacking me? If it was natural, knowing you, you'll say, and what did I do to you? If it was natural, you'll say, on, on what grounds? There are some things in the spirit that it has a ground that you fight with the blood. But there are some things that are attacking you. It's curse causeless. That's what it is. Go and study it. It's in the Bible. Proverbs 26.2. It's a... 
It's for nothing. It's like you had nobody to attack. You just came to me. If, if, you, if you perceive that, you must point to this thing and say, you are a causeless curse. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. I stand on my right. And I invoke the blood of Jesus against you. I'm teaching you because sometimes I won't be there. And when you call me for prayer, I may not be there. Your teaching priest may not be there. But you will know what to do. You say, this is a curse causeless. Between you and your wife, you get together and say, when did we open this door? When did this gate open for us to be attacked? No, 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 no. You're joking. This is a curse that's causeless. In your business, listen to me, business people. If you suddenly see a drain, you were doing well and then suddenly something... You need to come to God and say, this is a curse, costless. Because you were blessing me to that extent. Where did, which gate did open? If you find the gate, then you apply the blood of Jesus. And you shut the gates. Because you have power, you have authority. Listen to me, church. Listen, pay attention. This thing called the communion. It's not a ritual that we have. It's an ordinance. It's a blessing. Do you know what an ordinance is? It's given to you with so much of power. You're holding in your hand power. Give me the, the script where Paul says, For I have received of the Lord. Pay attention. Listen to me. Listen, this is going to break your... This is, this is important. Paul says... Now Paul, listen to me, is receiving communion for the first time in his life. Paul. Paul is receiving it. Who's administering? See you, you're receiving it. I'm administering it. Paul says, for I have received from the Lord. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Paul is receiving it from the third heavens. He's in prayer. Is in is in, in is, is saturated, is on his knees, and the heavens open up, and the heavens show him that he must take communion. The heavens empowers Paul and gives him this whole teaching that if you receive the blood, you do show the Lord's death. When that spirit wants to come and annihilate you, and you say, No, 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 hold on. I'm exempt. This is costless curse. It's, it's all of those things. Are we together? So he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Oh, I don't know whether it excites you. I'm talking third heavens. I'm talking the realm of the Spirit can give him anything, can give him entry into the church through water baptism. But it gives him the blood of Jesus to enter into a realm that makes you exempt by blood. You understand? And the same thing that Paul is saying, then he institutes it and he says, for as often as you eat it and as often as you drink it. I did it. The third heavens gave it to me. Now I have received it. I 
give it to you. I give it to you. I'm teaching you the power that you receive from the heavens. Nothing is greater than communion in the church. In the church, baptism opens the door for you to enter. But communion gives you the power to stand under it. By drinking his blood, you partake of life. Go read it. The sacrament of matrimony. And I'll go a little deeper. The mystery of interpenetration. Where a man can enter into a woman as husband and wife and become one. It's called, go, you can study it, the sacrament of matrimony or the mystery of interpenetration where husband and wife become one. You know, sometimes if I think a thought, she follows it on. We become so one that she can complete the sentence that I start. We become so one in our mind, we, we think. And that's the oneness. He says, if you eat this, you're eating my body. If you drink this, you are drinking my blood. Satanic worshippers mimic this. And they drink blood at 12 in the night. They drink human blood. We also drink human blood. But pure blood. Give it. This is not ritual. This is an ordinance. You understand what you're doing? When you, you know when you drink this, spirit comes into you? Do you understand what communion does? You just take a sip, you eat it. Huh. You're joking. You're joking. Spirit enters just like how man enters a woman. The sacrament of matrimony. This. You can go deeper. Every virgin carries her own blood to the matrimonial bed. Blood is so, so significant. You know what you're holding on? That same little blood, small cup of blood. But you know how powerful it is? He who drinks and eats has eternal life. What can be more? Then that part, can you understand eternal life? Ha. He who drinks and eats of this cup, eats the flesh of Christ, drinks the blood of Christ. Ha. This is powerful. It gives you health and healing. It gives you strength and power. It gives you victory and dominion. I want you to thank God for it this morning as you hold it in your hand. Can you bring up the slide? Healing is my, oh, communion is my healing capsule. Break the bread this morning and say after me, communion is my healing capsule. It will not only medicate me, but will also minister destruction to any inherited infirmity 
to sickness and disease in my body. It is written, I shall serve the Lord, my God, and he shall bless my bread and my water, and he will take away sickness from my midst. Through communion, I annul every engagement with the spirit of death in Jesus' name. Go ahead and eat it. You can change the slide for me. Lift the blood cup. Let my youth be renewed like the eagles. No evil altar summoned against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Every gathering of the ungodly against me, physically or spiritually, must be scattered now into desolation in the name of Jesus. I now drink to my protection in Jesus' name. Let's drink.